Yo, what is up, Fantasy Chumps? This is Leighton back at you with the Fantasy Chumps, the long-awaited stud or dud episode. I am joined, as always, by John and Nate, my dear friends. How are you guys doing today? So happy to be here. It's been a long day. Work was a little bit of a grind this morning and afternoon, so was looking forward to doing the studs versus duds episode. Yeah, uh-huh. the second half of my day was a little bit sluggish, so uh, maybe I'll relate more to the duds on this episode, but, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. You know, just to plug our Instagram real quick, you can follow us at the fantasy underscore chumps. I have never been more excited for a fantasy post. I thought I made it this week. I thought it was pretty nice. It was really pretty. Yeah. It's so, very cute. Yeah. Well, you know, that's kind of all I needed. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you guys so much for joining us as always. Um, so do you want to you want to start with the news or the question of the day, guys? Hit me with the news. The news. Not a ton. <laughs> 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 so the biggest news, I think, of the past week. Uh, is Tom Brady <laughs> on what's that Super show? The bar- what was it? The barbershop? Uh, yeah, it? it was something in a barbershop, something shop. like that. Yeah, yeah. it's hosted yeah. by my least Super favorite. Super funny video. Um, Super funny video. But yeah, the start of the ad, if you haven't seen it, is Brady just standing there like, yeah. So towards the end of the free agency, one team pulled out, and I said, "You're sticking with that mother." You can fill in the blank. Use your imagination, kids. Um, so we, I just want to go around. What were your initial reactions when you, when you heard that? My initial reaction was, and I won't give away the team yet because it's actually different than the team I think it is now. But my reaction was like, oh my gosh. Like, I, I know, I think you guys legitimately hate Tom Brady. I, I don't know that for a fact. No, I don't I think, hate him. I don't hate okay, him. Okay. Okay. I like, I'm not saying I'm a fan of him as a football player, but off the field, I think he is one of the funniest people ever. And, like, I genuinely enjoy, like, just watching him live his life. Like, for example, after they had finished celebrating the Super Bowl victory and he was walking out like a drunk 20-year-old frat guy, like, (laughs) it was just awesome. And so, uh, honestly, kind of want to buy one of those flags that has the parental advisory sticker thing on it. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) anyway... Um, just super funny. It's like, and I mean, I get it coming from Tom Brady. Like I'd probably be like, I'd be that way too. If I had six Super Bowl rings going for a seventh, like really you're stick, like you're sticking with that guy over me. Like, okay. All right. I see how it is. So just, it's just awesome. It's so cool. He is really funny though, but he, uh, that whole Super Bowl parade, ordeal debacle that honestly like made me respect him like 50 times more than i used to was just seeing seeing that and how he was enjoying himself but um yeah i i don't know i thought it was really funny tom has a very good sense of humor and he's kind of a cocky cocky guy (laughs) or at least he has been more recently as he's gotten older he's definitely just playing up that narrative of like tom versus time and he he keeps winning. So oh, I don't know actually, what to say. One more Tom Brady plug. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with it or not. So there's a series of golf tournaments for charity. It's I think it's sponsored by Capital One called the Match. And so uh, Tom Brady is is part of this next one, which he's been in one or maybe oh, two yeah. before this. And uh, oh shoot, who was the other? Who was the other? Was it Peyton Rogers? It's Peyton Manning. It was Roger. It's Roger. Rogers. Rogers yeah. is going to be on the next one. Yeah. So Rogers was talking about eating a cheeseburger, and I can't remember. One of you guys might be able to do it more justice than I am, but basically the punchline was Rogers giving Brady crap, saying, "Tom, when's the last time you had a cheeseburger?" And Tom was like, <laughs> mm, "Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Never. <laughs> yeah, not in the past twenty years. The dude's like never. He's." I don't know. He's a freak. But I would honestly you... be interested in like getting into his whole method and like 
actually trying to give it a shot because oh you know whatever exactly he, that's what he's doing after he retires yeah oh, yeah did you see the uh they were doing like some zoom for the match thing too because i think it's like tom and phil and then rogers and bryson yeah and tom was like uh he was like bryson i'm just like i can't wait to play with you i'm just super excited to see you going for it like i think you're a great fit for rogers because i know he'd like to go for it a couple more times than he has in the past <laughs> yeah <laughs> awesome. Rogers is just like ah <laughs> yeah i don't know i, I don't so what just, was like, your reaction late I, I don't know like you can definitely tell he's just like i don't care anymore because like before he's like no I, I respect his play style um he's a good player but now he's just like yeah that mother you know like he wouldn't have said that you know, seven years ago, I feel like so. Probably maybe, maybe it was Bill Belichick, but no, I don't. I don't. I don't hate Tom Brady. I just watching him play football pisses me off. That's that's my only thing. So when he was chirping during the Super Bowl, I did get pretty heated, and I oh, understand why he was. No, I was but, heated too. Yeah. Um. But okay, so everybody's been kind of guessing which team it is. So just quick guess. Who do you think your team was? And you guys better not steal mine. John, gonna, you can go first. Yeah, I'm going to break mine down because uh, I actually, I kind of went back and looked to get a rough timeline of the sequence of events. So initially, I thought it was a different team. I'm not going to say that team because I think somebody else might use them as their pick. But I'm going to go with the Chargers because Phil Rivers, his contract had expired, and I think it was well known that there was going to be a separation. That the Chargers yeah. and Philip Rivers weren't going to work anything out. Tyrod Taylor had been on the roster for a year to that point already. Tom Brady signed about a month before the NFL draft. So Tyrod was their QB1. And, I mean, even going into the season after they drafted Herbert, that was still the case. And then, you know, all – I mean, everything went sideways with that. That was terrible. But, uh, anyway, that is that is my guess is that Tom Brady was talking about Tyrod Taylor. Nate? Um, I didn't really have, like, a great guess. Wait, John, who were the teams that he was in talks with? Do you remember? I don't know if you said this. I kind of spaced it out for a sec. No, I didn't, I didn't say it, but here. Uh, Leighton, you go first. I can pull it up. I can give you the last three. It was the Chargers, well, the Patriots, and somebody else. Okay. I, I guess, besides like – Besides the when, Bucks. Yeah, besides the Bucks. Oh, that yeah, right. That was the third one. I was yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> so, John, are you sure you're not the blonde one of the group, dude? Like, oh my uh, gosh, dude. Hey, long day at work. Long day That's at work. Not, not, not my brother. <laughs> we are not cutting that at all. Nope. I uh, I didn't have really any good guesses. I was kind of just looking at. I didn't do any research to see where he was looking at before, but I just kind of figured he would probably be looking like NFC, or at least I thought the Patriots would like want him out of the AFC. But um, we talked a little bit. I don't know. Were you thinking the 49ers, Leighton? Is that who you were going to no, say? No, you, you go ahead. You, you just well, go okay. Ahead. I didn't think it would be the 49ers just because Jimmy G's there. I feel like at least hopefully there's some kind of – respect for him after like he used to, to play under Brady. So I didn't think he would go there. I thought the Rams for a bit, but they had some money tied up in golf. My, my big, uh, my big dunk was going to be on Drew Brees in new Orleans. Maybe he was talking about Drew Brees, just well, one, one final poster once and for all. <laughs> I, di- I did see a rumor that if Drew Brees had retired last year, the saints would have gone after him. So who knows if that's true? That would have been nuts. Didn't so, Nate, was that your answer? Well, I didn't really have an answer. Okay, that's fair. I guess we were thinking – we talked as a group collectively. We were kind of talking about the Bears, throwing that around. but Yeah, no, I could definitely see the Bears because mm-hmm. – but they have a good defense, and everywhere Tom goes, he has to have a good defense or he can't win. So I feel like that fits the I.O. as well. Um, mm-hmm. But if we're talking about – so I'll give my real answer right now. It was the Las Vegas Raiders because Derek Carr sucks at football and he can't win anything. So it's definitely him because he's. if there was one quarterback that would fit 
an MO for a NFL team, it'd be the Oakland and now Las Vegas Raiders. You're sticking with that mother effer? Yeah. That's what they've done with the past like eight years. How many playoff wins do they have? Anybody? That's right. Zero. Because Derek Carr sucks. Okay. So my hey, the, the, last time, get... the last time the Raiders were in the playoffs, didn't he not even start? He wasn't no. he hurt. He was I hurt, I think. Yeah. He got hurt. He like burned I'm not his trying leg. to defend Derek Carr's honor, but like I'm I'm not. Right? He sucks. I mean, I think right? that was like the only playoff game he's ever been in. <laughs> and he wasn't playing. Yeah. So oh. from the top rope, Layton, the Raiders are gonna go like Two and fifteen next year. Because <laughs> Derek Carr's terrible. It, it's gonna validate my point. But uh, no, my serious answer, I I do honestly, if it wasn't the Chargers, it was or the Bears. My third guess, my first guess would be the Bears. My first yeah. guess would be the 49ers. Because, I, I think it was I think it was the Bears. But just because maybe in the way he's describing it, he's Saying it in a more like joking manner to Jimmy G, like, "Hey, I bet he basically left town because he couldn't beat me out." Essentially, type of mentality, and yeah. just like the Bears, 49ers also have a good defense, which is what Tom Brady always needs to win. So that's see, uh, I thought there would be like some respect there between Brady and Garoppolo, but wasn't that like kind of what like drove him out a little bit? Well, yeah, because like, Jimmy Jimmy wanted to play. Well, yeah, and then like. And Robert Kraft and like Belichick kind of like bought in on it, and they were like, "All right, like we're gonna transition Brady out and let Garoppolo be our guy." So, and the, then I think they won another Super Bowl, and they're like, "All right, I guess we probably should." So the rumor, <laughs> the rumor I heard is Bill Belichick wanted to move on from Brady and let Jimmy G start, and Robert Kraft basically said, "No, we're sticking with Brady. Oh, okay. You have to trade Jimmy G," and so that's why I got traded to the 49ers. Because originally, kiss on the lips. Originally, originally, according to reports, the 49ers inquired about Tom Brady. So what do you want for Tom? And they're like, wait, are you serious? He's like, yeah. So who knows what, if that's true or not. The other piece of news that recently came out, which doesn't really impact fantasy, but we're a little biased, Frank Clark in possession, in possession of a Uzi. So a little like, Uzi? Oh yeah, <laughs> I just don't understand. Like, what, what, what flex does that give you? Like, you're literally making twenty mil a year. What flex does having an Uzi in your Lambo give you? I just don't get it. I don't understand. The flex is the Lambo itself. It's I, even I have no comment. I mean, whatever. I'd be fine if he got cut, but that's just me. I had a really bad joke, but I, I'm not going to say it. Don't say it. We already had Ethan. Almost, we almost got canceled because of Ethan's joke. So we had to have a talk with the executives um, at Anchor. There's plenty of time left to get canceled. Don't you yeah. worry. No, plenty of time. And Anchor, that's A-N-C-H-O-R. It's our sponsor of today's episode. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on to the main event of the episode. Wait, um, no, we got question of the day, bro. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm off my game. I'm also a little tired. because Back to the agenda, man. Well, we skipped over it to go down. Okay, so question of the podcast. If Deshaun Watson plays this year, like normal, no injury, just with that Texans roster, what is his floor and ceiling? Nate, why don't you go first? Uh, what are you asking for is for in a ceiling? Like in terms of like where he's going to finish? Yeah. yeah. Quarterback, quarterback. So like, like well, his floor is I like mean, if, X. if he's playing, I think he's one of like the top six best quarterbacks in the league easily. I don't think he has a good enough offense to make him a top six fantasy quarterback necessarily. Like I, I would still put probably Dak and Justin Herbert above him, but um I don't know. I mean, I think his his ceiling is to be a top six quarterback, and I think his floor is to be like a, a like a twelve, like a ten to twelve around like the Brady and the Staffords, Tannehills maybe. That, it's that's a, that's not a good Texans offense. Like he has Brandon Cooks. 
Yep, and end list. That's it. It's just yeah. Period. He has David Johnson. Period. Same document. Closed document. He has Leighton's, David Johnson and Philip Lindsay. I think Leighton has a little bit of a crush on David Johnson. I think he's uh, still there's a part of you that still wants him to be Arizona Cardinals David Johnson. You have oh. a crush on David yeah. Johnson? I, dude, I wish every you day he don't want to. Cardinals David Johnson. <laughs> John, what I wish every day I didn't draft that Cardinals David Johnson that one year. <laughs> <laughs> I was upset with that you drafted him too. <laughs> well, I was upset that you drafted Zeke. <laughs> well, uh, I would expect. I don't know. This one's tough. I would expect Deshaun to be QB nine as his floor and QB three as his ceiling. Um, I just I think that he's mobile enough, and they're literally he will probably average forty five pass attempts a game if he plays, if not more. And so I mean he's just going to be airing it out. I mean. How many of those will be caught? That's another question. But, uh, <laughs> Which yeah, is right. He might run more. Nobody's open. Exactly. I mean, he's probably – I don't. I have no idea what the Texas offensive line looks like, but I can't imagine it's very good. Laramie Tunsil. Yeah, he's back, right? He was, a, he was a Texan before, wasn't he? Yeah. Right. So, Laramie Tunsil. That's, that's the highlight of it. No, I just think that the volume is there. It's not – quality but there's quantity and Deshaun oh. is at least pretty skilled so John I like your your floor assessment but like looking at last year he finished top five doing the same thing I feel like where he was just airing it out this is just kind of me thinking about last year but I don't know I don't know how how much higher he can get from like a five or a six with the offense that he has he was I mean he finished he was, he, yeah he finished QB5. He did have like a couple bad games or like not average. He's very consistent last year. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I I three might have on my team I'm pretty sure but So, I'm going to go with I definitely think he's talented enough to be there. I'm just I'm going to go with a little iffy. A floor of 8 and a ceiling of Four, because I don't see any scenario where he finishes higher than Mahomes, Josh Allen, or Kyler Murray. Um, I see the I see the scenario where he finishes above Aaron Rodgers, maybe. But those three, I feel like there's just no chance of that in my head. So the floor in regards like eight. I'm just looking at who came after him. Nobody's really like screaming. I'm gonna beat him. Like Ryan Tannehill was seven, Russell was six, Brady was eight. So I don't know. He uh he didn't actually throw it as much as I thought he did. Like he only uh went through it 544 times, which is a lot. But Mahomes threw it more, Murray threw it more, Allen threw it more, Russell Wilson threw it more. So I don't know. Um, Lamar Jackson didn't throw it more because he's a running back, but um, it. Uh, you there, know. There's your there's your daily podcast reminder. I think every episode that Leighton has dropped that little. <laughs> I haven't done every episode, probably a good chunk. I think eighty percent. Maybe. Anyway, Definitely. that's kind of what I'm thinking. I hope he plays because he right now he's going very late in, <laughs> in the draft. So, uh, part two of this question, if things are not cleared up, is Deshaun Watson draftable? Yeah. Yeah. Where? Are you guys, uh, are either one of you going to take him? No. Nah, oh, yeah. he, he would be like the pick before I draft a pick or before I draft a kicker or something. Like, it's just not, I don't know. I'm probably leaning more towards like, reaching for a quarterback from some of the mock drafts that I've done. I like my lineups more when I have a solid QB in there. So it's not like imperative that like I take that risk on him if I'm just getting like a Matt Stafford or something. So like if he falls to me in round 12 or 13, why not? It's kind of like your Antonio Brown, like I did the other day. Like if he plays, like he has to be on your team. (laughs) Yeah. 
Exactly. If you can get him at the right spot. So he's going as in sleeper 112 overall. And Which that's like fringe being drafted, isn't it? No. It's close. It's hard because there's just like the potential there. Like if you draft him, like let's say in the 11th round, and he's plays all 17 games and he's Deshaun Watson, like nothing ever happened. That might win you your league. Mm-hmm. Oh, so a thousand percent, yeah. Because if you don't take a quarterback high, you get Deshaun and he at a cheap bargain, and he goes off because he has to in order for them to be competitive. Yeah, that's a good point. You win the league, so I mean, it's I, like I think. Yeah, I think we all have like a couple guys in mind that we would like to get in those super late rounds. Yeah, kind of keeping secret, but like <laughs> I'm not. I think they may have they may have leaked, but like <laughs> I have not looking at this. Looking, I've I've been an open book. I'm not I'm not hiding anything. I'll I'll give you. I'll make all my information public, and then I'll still win. How about that? Oh, he's just that good. He's just Reading. that confident. <laughs> Motivated by the like one and one and twelve now. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, people like McCall Hardman are going in around thirteen or yeah. thirteen and fourteen. Like, you have to take Deshaun Watson before him. Like, it's just like if you just like you're one of those guys that punts the position and just waits yeah. till the last like viable option. I mean, the guys that are going before him, Michael Pittman, Robert Tunyon, and Tony Brown, who we talked about, and then A.J. Dillon, Zach Moss, Hunter Henry, Rashad Bateman, and Todd Gurley, who is not on a team. Like, I mean, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That should but be I a feel... T-shirt. I want your face on a T-shirt that says, I mean, what are you doing? When we make it big. <laughs> Let's do it. Well... Anything else to say about Deshaun? Nah. Good question. He's got a lot of stuff to figure out between now and then. (laughs) If you want your question on the podcast, be sure to follow us at the fantasy underscore chums. And we will be right back after this break to get into our stud and dud. Welcome back to the highly anticipated stud or dud episode i am pretty excited about this and this will probably be a recurring idea throughout the season on a week-to-week basis so just a little hint there wink wink nudge nudge say no more neat um that was a reference to one of our teachers but the tiny tiny reference a tiny reference yeah <laughs> so basically this is our approach to like love, hate, you know, or however you want to go with it. But stud obviously is the guy you want to draft, start in your lineup. The dud, guy you don't want to draft or you don't want to play in your lineup. So in this scenario, we're just talking about the draft, obviously, because it's draft season here at the end of June. And so, John, maybe you should give us a good example of what a stud will look like with your first one. So I was – I'll spitball this out there uh, to kind of describe how I was looking at this. So I was trying to, like, mathematically come up with a way to categorize what a stud and what a dud would look like. And so, like, I kind of looked at it as, like, either a 20% rise or 20% fall from their ADP. But, like, oh. it's kind of difficult because, like, if you're drafting, like – if you draft the wide receiver 10 and it turns out to be the wide receiver eight, like I wouldn't necessarily consider that like a stud pick. Like, yeah, but like a 20% fall could, I don't know. So, or no, I was with 40%, 40%. Sorry. That was the number that I came up with because initially I said 20 and I was like, no, that's not enough. And then I don't know. So I tried to come up with the statistical version of how to categorize these guys, but basically you're making a big jump and that's kind of when i got into tier-based rankings i was talking to these guys earlier about that i went through and ranked not with a numerical ranking system but a tier-based ranking system trying to group these guys together and basically if you're in my opinion if you're jumping one or more tiers from where you're being drafted like the guys you're being drafted with 
that would be considered a stud. And then if you're falling one or more tiers, then that would be a dud. So fun, fun fact before you started, that's how the chiefs do their drafts. They, they use tier based rankings in the drafts. I didn't know that. Yep. So that's probably why we drafted uh, a middle linebacker two years in a row. Sorry. Go ahead. He's going to be great. <laughs> Gosh, dang uh, it. <laughs> so my first stud uh, probably doesn't come as a surprise to anybody who has listened to every episode, Najee Harris. Um, and I got pretty statistical with this one. And I, so I was trying to. John was back. really bored at work. <laughs> yeah, I I really was. I mean, like, <laughs> when I tell you that I got into work not having a clue what I was going to do today and that I really didn't accomplish hardly anything today, did, did you fact. Did you leave not knowing what you did that day? Uh, I, like, copy and pasted between two Excel sheets. I did that for, I don't know, a couple hours. That's work. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Um, so my player comp to Najee Harris is Saquon Barkley. Um, like I said, I tried to look at successful running backs in the past five or six years. Um, Christian McCaffrey obviously was a huge talent coming into the draft and he, I mean, his numbers were just insane. Um, Najee wasn't really a good comparison for him. Plus, Najee doesn't have the pass catching ability. I mean, no running back does. Anyway, Saquon Barkley was the comp that I came up with, and his rookie stats first year in the NFL he had 261 carries for 1,300 yards, rushing yards, and 11 rushing touchdowns combined with 91 receptions, 721 yards, and four touchdowns. I do not know where that put him at as a fantasy football ranking perspective. I'm on it. Have to imagine it was top three, I'd guess. I mean, those are those are monster numbers. But to show you where the comp comes from, comparing Saquon Barkley in his junior year, which was his last year at Penn State, he had 217 attempts for 1,271 yards and 18 rushing touchdowns. Najee Harris, his senior year at Alabama, 251 attempts for 1,466 yards and 26 rushing touchdowns. I don't know if, like, everybody's aware of how, like, I knew he rushed for a lot of touchdowns, but 26 is just an unreal number. And I think that's probably being overlooked and just hasn't been talked about as much as I think it deserves to be. Um the receiving yards is definitely where the, where the discrepancy lies between these two. But to kind of sum it up, I don't expect Najee to put up the numbers that Saquon put up. But one of uh, the concerns Sa- Saquon, that I, Saquon finished first that year. First. Overall. There you go. His rookie year. He was, he was running back number one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying I expect Najee to be the number one overall running back because McCaffrey's just too good. Cook is too good. A lot of those guys are really, really talented. But one of the things that I've, one of the concerns that I've addressed in previous episodes is the amount that the Steelers rush the ball. The Giants, Saquon's rookie year, had 354 rushing attempts. The Steelers last year, in a split backfield, no, I'm not saying Saquon had 354 rush Sorry. attempts. I'm Sorry. I'm saying the Giants as a team Sorry. had 354 rush attempts. <laughs> the Steelers last year as a team with a split backfield for the most part. I mean, James Conner had some health issues and Benny Snell was filling in. The Steelers rushed 373 times. So they had 20 more rushing attempts last year than the Giants. What I'm trying to say is that it is very comparable. The stats are close between their last year in college and the amount that these offenses run the football. And the receiving stats aren't, like, close, but they're not super far off either. So I could see Najee easily pulling in probably 40 to 60 receptions this year, which is huge for PPR. And, I mean, if he finds the end zone two or three times receiving and stumbles in ten times as a rusher, I mean, you are looking at a super, super productive fantasy season so Najee Harris by far is my biggest stud and that took way too long but did did John that's a great point 
Nate, did John just like sell you on Najee? John Harris? just sold me on Najee Harris. All right. Oh. Everybody's called me crazy. Like I'm not kidding. Like the Cowboys fan that I sit next to at work, every time I take Najee in the second round, whenever I'm doing mock drafts, and he always calls me crazy. And it's like I truly believe in this guy. Like I think he has the talent and the ability within the offense because of how much the coaching staff has talked about Najee and how he literally doesn't want to leave the facility. That I think he could easily be a top three running back this year. Wow. Um, are you are you super comfortable taking him in the second round? A hundred percent. And the reason why is because I believe in him so much that it's like, if I screw myself over, I can, I will sleep at night. But if I don't draft Najee in the second round and he goes off, I will, I will literally never forget it. So, so basically chalk up Najee to John in the second round. I mean, yeah, I, I guess that's a great point though. The, it's like that second round of like the running backs that would be going in the second round is what I'm trying to say. That is super iffy to me. Like hit or miss, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, Joe Mixon. DeAndre Swift is ahead of him too. DeAndre Swift too. It's like, I mean, I yeah, with like that argument, why would you not take Najee over them? Even if he's more projected more like a mid to late third round. And this was the last point I was going to make is that, so I think Najee was taken with the 15th pick. I think I think that's where he was. was I can't remember for sure. But this is probably one of the best offensive drafts that we've seen in a long, long time. And I I mean, how many – what was it, 26? 26 rushing touchdowns his senior year at Alabama. I mean, that is such a crazy stat. I truly think this wasn't such – Sorry, it's the 24th pick. 24th pick. Yeah. I think that he was probably deserving of being a top 15 pick any other year. But because this year, I mean, it was just such a loaded draft. It worked out and he fell. Plus, there, I mean, there, were, there weren't really any other teams besides the Dolphins. We kind of talked about this ahead of them in the market for a running back. So yeah, I rest he, my case. Don't draft him because I really. So not not to like just make you happy. I don't think I'll be drafting ahead of where you would. Also, we don't know where we're drafting, but if I had, so the, I'll put it this way. If I had the 10th pick, I'd take him with the 11th. Oh. Any, I feel any, that confident. Any chance you take him in the first round? Let's say you have like pick nine. I mean, it depends. Like, And the first eight picks are all the running backs up to zero. <clears throat> it just all depends on who's there. Because like Everybody but everyone with the top eight running backs. <laughs> so it would be like Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, Tyreek, Eckler. Eckler. And then you have yeah. Adams, yeah. Kelsey, Diggs. Yeah. Hopkins. I'd probably take Najee. Oh, okay. Wow. I'm telling wow. like it's just kind of one of those things. And I don't do this very often, but. I'm, for for you, I would hope that you have something towards like the front end, a little bit, like more between like one and three, I guess, for that. So like you yeah. wouldn't have to like necessarily like pass on those those like value players at the beginning of the second round. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know. For, I, I mean, like if you, the earlier you are in like your your draft order, like the more it makes sense. Right. Like a and, yeah. Pick. Oh, like sure. if, if you have the number one pick and you get like that back and he's still there, like, like 10th, 10th, if you're the 10th slot, like I'm nervous taking him over like, like Aaron Jones and Austin Eckler. I'm a little nervous about that. It just, cause like, I would, well, there's yeah. a chance that there may not be anybody better than Eckler available at 10. I mean, if that it just goes true. straight running back, that is very true. Yeah. There's a chance that there's not a better combination than Eckler and Najee in my, like, the only other one that I would think would be even comparable would be not Eckler and Aaron Jones, and I feel much more comfortable with Najee. So, over Aaron Jones. Not, not to take a dig, but <clears throat> Scott's in our league, and I know that would not happen. No more Scott slander. It's not a slander. He, I know, he loves no taking more receivers. No first. more putting words in the Scott's mouth. I, oh my gosh, he told me that because he, he came on and talked Scott, about I how much he back. wanted Michael Thomas. So he was right about that. By the way, he went this off year. This year? No, oh, really, you, okay. you, I was like, Scott. No. Yeah, the only thing I'm – again, Najee, great player. I'd love to have him on my team. I'm only skeptical because of the offensive line. Only reason. Not saying the Giants when 
Saquon did that. It was like phenomenal either, but that's the only reason. But hey, I'm just saying I, I put the facts down. You guys were like, oh dang, and now you're backing off. Hey. No, I'm not I'm not backing off. We're not just, backing off. I'm just being more hesitant than he, you are because of the pre, O-line. Pre-argument from you, I was like, I was passing on him in the third round. Oh, like no. I was I was going like Antonio Gibson and like Clyde before before Najee. But now I'm like, I think I like Najee more than both of those. There you go. And he's creeping into the second round. He's definitely creeping. getting over. He's getting over like the the acres and you gotta take him over like DeAndre Justin Swift. Jefferson. Like oh, oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I I don't know if if he was on the he was on the Chiefs. I I, I think. Like, if he wasn't on the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think he'd be, like, going in the top eight right now. See, I don't know if I agree with that. I think really? the Steelers might be, like, a perfect opportunity for him. That's a shocking stat with how many times they ran the ball last year. I never would have guessed that. And they were last in the league, I'm pretty sure. I'm yeah. pretty sure they were 32nd in the league with that many rushing attempts. And, like, maybe the Giants just didn't run into ton Saquon's rookie year, but he was just super efficient. I mean, like – had a lot of big runs, too, with Saquon. Yeah, I mean, let's see. Saquon averaged. Oh, we we're getting way off track. Five, <laughs> five yards per attempt his rookie year. Yeah, that's pretty high. That's pretty really good. high. All right, we've talked about him enough. We might circle back to it at some point. Nate, let's hear about one of your studs. All right, my my number one stud pick <laughs> didn't involve much uh, statistical analysis, <laughs> but I appreciate everything you put into that, John. Because it worked. <laughs> I've been swayed. <laughs> I've been swooed. <laughs> but uh, so my number one stud, we talked about him a little bit last episode, and I was kind of dishing some slander because I'm a fool and I was looking at the wrong column on Sleeper. <laughs> so my number one stud is Brandon Cooks. Um, <laughs> hey, yeah. it, was, it, was, it was high stress. I was trying to draft a football team, and I You've just – my. Him. My eyes wandered. My tired, weary eyes wandered. But uh, so yeah, I have Brandon Cooks. Um, he was very good last year. Um, had a lot of big games, a lot of booms, a few bust games. But uh, what I was looking at was aside from just a single game he had last year, he had over five, at least five targets in every game. Five was like the the bottom, and I mean most of them were averaging near like eight or nine targets a game. And now, without uh, Will Fuller, um, I just see that target share increasing. Or at least it's not going to drop, I don't think. So I think he's going to be a very viable option, especially where he's going. I mean, I think I have something pulled up here. Uh, He's going like eighth round. I mean, I just – I like him there a lot. Yeah. I would like to open this up to you guys. What would you like to think? I know also, last thing, lots contingent with if, whether or not Deshaun plays. Of I course. Guess if, who's the bet? Is it Tyrod Taylor now? Yes. Tyrod Taylor is going to be the quarterback. Yeah. Is he really? Um, I haven't watched Tyrod Taylor so. play in a few years, so I don't know what he's going to be like. But I still, even if Tyrod is start, starting, I don't see his target like diminishing that much. Just with what they have, yeah. I think Cooks is one of the bigger values down there. Really, um, not going around a bunch of guys that you can really even make a case for are more valuable than him and have a better opportunity. So, if he stays there, great. And I mean, if Desha- he probably moves up the board quite a bit if it comes out that Deshaun is going to play this year, and I don't know where he falls in, probably top twenty. I would guess if Deshaun's playing somewhere around there. So, so he, right, yeah, right now he's in like a couple sleepers I've done. He's going around eighth round, kind of ninth round, somewhere in between there. So like right now the receivers he's going around is like OBJ, Cortland Sutton, T Higgins, um, Jerry Judy, like those people. Like I guess like if Watson plays, how high would you move him up? Or in like what, like would you move him up a tier of receivers if he's um, if Deshaun Watson is starting? A tier is hard. Would you dare? Would you dare put him up with like 
Thielen Woods and no. Lamb. He's still no. a little after them. Yeah. What about with like I'd, Devontae Smith and like Galladay? I'd really I'm have him. I'd really have him. Then. Yeah. So in the tiers, tier tier based rankings that I did today at work, I have him in tier five, considering that Watson is playing. The other players in five are Cooper Cup, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Terry McLaurin, CeeDee Lamb, Juju Smith-Schuster. You have him with them? Yes. Okay, yeah, I'm not nearly as high on Brandon Cooks as <laughs> Well, uh, who else? I mean, okay, so a pro bowler is running that offense, and what other receiver is there to throw it to? No, you're right. I know. It, and so, yeah, and, like, I'm not saying that Brandon Cooks is as talented. I mean, he's a pretty talented guy. Like, we, no, we like talked about him. He's definitely not going to lose you your fantasy league. Fair? No. Yeah, I mean, if you get him as your second, if you if you have him as your second or third wide receiver, that's a pretty, maybe not second, but at least third, fourth. That's a pretty. You have a pretty solid. If he's your fourth, you got to be feeling really, really good. Yeah, even if he's third, I like him. Yeah, you take you take him as a solid third. Your fourth and fifth wide receivers are just swings, just to hope. He's filling in on a bye week, and he's probably in and out of your flex position. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. He's a pretty pretty safe pick if you can get him at that kind of value. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, he was the he was the last player that I had in that tier. Okay. So like right. I'm not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. So he is it. He makes the cut, but he's the last one. Just curious, who's like the next person in the next tier? The next person. Where does and it like this is on? kind of where it got a little bit shoddy. Um, I actually, it's kind of funny that Layton said no to this player because i'm lower on him as the season or as time has gone on but actually the next person who is it robert woods no it's adam thielen oh no that's nate's guy that is my guy i thought you were just i thought layton made a comment about thielen uh sorry yeah yeah no i have thielen after that which okay just i so i also did it numerically but uh that would put Thielen – that puts Cooks at wide receiver 21 and Thielen at wide receiver 22 on the year. Hmm. Which I feel like is not crazy. Not crazy at all. It's so, just – it's accounting for regression for Thielen. My stud, my first stud, is a running back. It's Mike Davis. <laughs> of the Very Atlanta photogenic. Falcons. Very photogenic. <laughs> the thighs. So right now he's the 24th overall running back on ESPN. And if he's the starter, I just I just can't see that happening. Like I was looking at ESPN's like rankings and I was like, there's just no way that would work, right? Maybe it's just me. You can call me crazy. But um, yeah. when he filled in for Christian McCaffrey last year, like he had a stretch where he was solid, like 15, 23, 22, 30. And 12. And then kind of he kind of teed it off a little bit, but he was also on the Panthers. And the way the Falcons spread the ball out by throwing it a lot. And if he gets involved in the passing game at all, I think it could be a steal. And again, I'm not saying he should be your second running back, but you know, right now, 24th, he's going after Gaskin and Edmonds, but right before Etienne and Hunt and James Robinson. Which I feel like is probably the right range, but I just feel like on the type of offense with the that the Cardinals normally have, and fun fact, or not fun fact, but just thinking about the Falcons' new head coach was the former offensive coordinator for the Titans when Derrick Henry just you know two thousand yards two times in a row. So I know that team's built a little different, but you know he's. He got the most out of Derrick Henry, and I think he'll get the most out of Mike Davis, even if that's just, you know, running back 14. One little snippet from Mike Davis that I didn't realize is, like, he actually gets a lot of targets and receptions. Like, he catches passes. Yeah. For being, no, like, he does. as big as he is. No, he like, got – he, he, had, he had nine receptions against the Falcons. Yeah. Yeah, like he, he was like a super comparable Christian McCaffrey 
fill in. Yeah, like he had yeah. 70 Which targets last year. he doesn't strike year. me as one, I guess, really. He had 70 right, targets yeah. last year when he filled in with Teddy Bridgewater as the quarterback. Like, you get Matt Ryan, and it wasn't that long ago where Devontae Freeman was a stud running back. I know their offense was a little bit better, so grain of salt. But Devontae Freeman got a lot of targets, too. Just something to think about. So now time to move on to the dads, or at least the first of them, potentially. John? Or, yes, John, it's back to you. Yes, sir. Uh, for the duds, I don't think this is going to be a shock to anybody, and I think that these guys both agree with me. My first dud is Miles Sanders. Um, I did not get as statistical with this one, but I did you don't draft him last year. Uh, <laughs> going into the year last year, he was in – he was – his ADP was top 10 actually overall. That's, and that's, it was, it was ridiculous, but he fell to my third or fourth pick in my other league. And oh, so he's just like, I mean, if you're, I guess if he's available. So, I mean, if the same thing happens, if you feel comfortable, take a shot on it. But my points are new coach, new quarterback. They drafted a running back, couldn't stay healthy last year. And Devonta Smith was their first pick this year so clearly running the ball is probably not their direction with this new offense and Jalen Hurts runs a lot so yeah and I don't know steal some touchdowns. right yeah one thing I did didn't realize I noticed today Golden Tate is not an eagle anymore he's a free agent right now yeah not he's that on, makes much he's difference. on the Giants last year oh he was mm-hmm. I think oh I think so I thought it was the other way around. No, the Jacks cut him. But, no, I I totally get what you're saying. Because right now on sleeper, running back 29. It's way too early. Or, sorry, not running back, overall 29. But even on ESPN, running back 15. Like, overall, like, after him is Gibson, Clyde, Chris Carson. I would much rather have any of those players. Yeah. Before Miles Sanders. And even after that, you have Jacobs, Gaskin, and Montgomery. I would also rather have those three players over him. So For sure. I would probably honestly rather have Mike Davis. So, John, are you going to go to your other dud? Or? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw my next one in here sure. real quick. Yeah. Um, next one, one, this one is just – I kind of feel bad for doing it because he had good weeks last year. Mark Andrews. I was going to um, do it before you took him. Yeah, and – He's not terrible, but I feel like for tight ends, like you can get something comparable and you can wait like a lot longer instead of drafting in like the sixth round and taking Mark Andrews, I think is about where he's going. So my points were just because of where his ADP is right now, I don't like that. They have new receivers in Baltimore. Not that like it's a reliable passing offense, but Rashad Bateman and Sammy Watkins, like I don't expect them to, you know, require a ton of targets but it's going to be substantial compared to what they've had in the previous years. And then there's, I mean, there's still Marquise Brown. So 51 I just, overall on sleeper. Sorry. 51 overall. Yeah. So, I mean, I just don't like that at all. The other thing that I noticed that I was shocked by, he's never had a hundred targets in a season either. What? Which I feel like, yeah, he's never had a hundred targets. He had like 98, two oh, or close. three years ago, but like to not even, get close to that 100 reception echelon, I guess, if you want to call it, and to be considered like a top or elite tight end. And, eh, not elite, you, a top was, tight end. very boomer bust last year. Yeah, and that's the thing is, like, if, he, if you have a best ball league, sure, go for him. He's a great tight end. Well, maybe not great because of what he has to draft him <laughs> still. But anyway, my point is not consistent, and if you're drafting that high – you're kind of wasting a pick on him. So I'd, I'd look a different direction. Even go for depth. I'd, I'd go for depth before I'd go for Mark Andrews. Well, Nate, do you want to talk about your duds? Your first sure. one is very I interesting. I guess technically I have three duds, but two are lumped into one. So my first duds that I'm talking about is the Arizona Cardinals running backs. And that consists right now of James Conner and Chase Edmonds. Um, just from watching the Cardinals last year. And I mean, this is all speculative for how they're going to do go about their business this year, but just didn't seem like the running backs were a very big part of their offense or their 
really like their scoring attack. So it seemed like a lot of the times when they'd get in the red zone, either they would attempt with like Kenyon Drake a couple times and it just wouldn't go anywhere. Leighton knows Leighton had Kenyon Drake, yeah. but, uh, and then it would, it would, uh, resort to Tyler Murray making a play, which was often on the ground with his feet, running it in, scrambling it in. So I, I just think that that's where the Cardinals are the most dangerous is where Kyler Murray's out of the pocket, making something happen, um, especially in the red zone and uh, to throw over six foot five defensive ends because passes get knocked down for him because he's just a little guy, but that's okay. But um, yeah, I just don't think I don't, I'm not very optimistic for Arizona running backs this year. Edmonds also a little snippet. Edmonds is primarily just a pass catcher. I mean, kind of comparable to a little bit like a JD McKissick from Washington. Um, that's where he's going to make his production. And then I don't know. And where he's going for being like that. We've, we've talked about drop off and running backs like pretty severely. Once you get past like the fourth or fifth round and Edmonds is kind of the start of that drop off. And he, I don't know. I just don't think he's worth it. I would rather go for running backs early, take receivers in the middle where there's a lot of depth. But don't don't love Edmonds this year. Don't love Connor this year. Can't stay healthy. I'm not very uh, optimistic on him staying healthy again. But on to my second dud. I have Chase Claypool, wide receiver from the Steelers. I don't really Ooh. have any stats to back this up. He was just very up and down last year. He like He came out strong in about the middle of the season. He had like a 45-point game or something. But um, he had a good stretch there for a while in the middle. But as the season went on, it just started to tail off. I think it was partially due to how deep the Steelers wide receiver, uh, like, I guess, position is with Deontay Johnson and Juju and all that. But um, I don't don't love him for this year. I think he's going to be – overvalued going into the draft it's not and i i'm not hating on steelers wide receivers necessarily like another person is deontay johnson i know i've kind of given him a lot of slander too for dropping balls but um i mean i think where he's valued at right now he's very attractive and so i don't know just claypool nothing gets me super excited about him i'm i'm passing on him every time yeah same so, I actually swing the other way on Claypool. Oh, you would, yeah. Quick rebuttal. Uh, not much of one. I don't have like much to back it up because Nate gave him a pretty fair um, summary of his season. But I see him as kind of a blossom, blossoming mid-season breakout. Like he's not going to be, guess, yeah. He's not going to be a, you know, a racehorse from week one, but I could see him developing a pretty solid role in that offense. Was, was he a rookie last year? I think. I think he was. I think he I was too. I guess I should pretty, cut him a little slack. Pretty sure he was. I'll, I'll look and I'll keep you updated. Layton, go ahead the, if you want. Yeah, the, well, I, one thing is I guess part of what the Steelers too is like I feel like they have so many like good options – but Claypool's still a good option from like a, a football perspective. Like he's a very talented receiver, but like I feel like for fantasy, it's like you just gotta time it with some of them. Like just without having any knowledge, you have to pick the week that they're gonna get the good matchups, right. the good plays called for them. Um, and sometimes it's Juju, sometimes it's Claypool, and I. Right. But I I think Deontay Johnson's the one. That may be a little more steady for me, at least. At least with Tory yeah. share. Yeah. Yeah. He was a rookie last year. Okay. I should cut him a little more slack. But he actually had a really good season for a rookie then. Yeah. So, on to my duds. Uh, I'll make the first one brief because kind of the same argument for Mark Andrews, but mine is Marquise Brown. I've- Nothing about him is attractive. That is a that is a fat dud. (laughs) Uh, 
Like, uh, he <laughs> had all caps done. He had, he had 100 targets last year, and he only caught 58 <laughs> balls, dude. Like, that's, that's terrible. And I was looking at him on Sleeper, and, like, the dude just didn't do anything. He had, like... Very few games that everybody's. I think people are gonna like him because he ended the year kind of well. I I just don't trust it because they of all the weapons they added, Sammy Watkins. You know, again everybody named him, and the fact that they addressed that position so hard, it also shows me they don't trust him very much as a former first round pick. So, just from like a real life perspective, and then my other one might shock a few people, but mine is Russell Wilson. I have him as a dud. That does not mean I think he's a bad player. Um, that just means me, I feel like being drafted at the quarterback five, I feel like you're drafting him at a ceiling, um, which is where he's going on sleeper. Um, at ESPN, he's going as, wide, as quarterback seven, which makes it a little bit more tolerable. But it, I don't know. He ended the year as the quarterback six. And the way he finished the season was just bad because he had a really good start through like the first, you know, nine weeks. But the rest of the weeks was just, it's not like they're bad. They just weren't the same. And so if you're drafting him where he's getting drafted right now, it's, it's just not very good in my personal opinion. So that's just kind of my thinking because when you, if you, if you take Russell Wilson, you could also be taking Adam Thielen, DJ Moore, Robert Woods, Jamar Chase, Kenny Galladay, Green Hunt. There's just Taylor's, a lot of guys. Taylor's oldest time. There's just too many quarterbacks. It's too deep of a position to waste yeah. that pick on. Russ. So that's my, my dud, and that's kind of why. Because yeah. I, don't, I don't see a way he finishes higher. That's my. I did. I, I had a, a little golf trip with some of my friends from school, but – um. I have one that's from uh, Oregon, and he's a Seahawks fan. He was super optimistic about Russ for this year. So I don't know. I guess they got a new offensive coordinator. They did. I, I think from the Rams, and he was pretty excited about what he'd heard that they were going to implement. Actually, he may not have been so excited with Russ. He might have been more with DK. Oh, or he was he was justifying DK going as early as I almost put him as a dud just because it's ridiculous. But yeah. Anyway, on to our last Tyler Lockett fan too. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> We're moving a big on. Tyler Lockett podcast. <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Keeping on track. DK is also as the uh, wide receiver five right now, which is insane. Matthew Berry, good on you for having him as at least number seven. John, go on. To your last stud in the month. So my my last stud, and this one's a little controversial because I just as easily could have seen either one of you. Well, not Nate, but I could see Leighton. <laughs> <laughs> I could have seen Leighton listing this guy as a dud. Um, I'm gonna go with Odell Beckham Jr. Um, so through six games last year, he was averaging 14 point. Four seven fantasy points per week. Right now, he's being drafted as wide receiver twenty four, and those two numbers do not add up. If he <clears throat> could maintain that pace or at least stick somewhere close to it, I mean, in my opinion, if he's averaging more than probably eleven, he needs to be higher. He needs to be drafted higher than wide receiver twenty four. He's the number one target for the Browns. Jarvis Landry is historically extremely healthy i think i looked it up and i think he's missed one game his entire career um and so look at that however you want to but i don't think that it really hurts zeke that much with jarvis being out there on the field with him um i just think that odell who did i say zeke Oh gosh, yeah. Uh, yeah I don't, it's getting late. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't think it hurts Odell having Jarvis out there on the field with him. He does get a lot of targets, but Odell still is a talented receiver. He's just had a lot of health injuries or health health concerns. So I think if he can put a healthy season together, 
I mean, we've seen the kind of catches that Odell can make. He might have some of the best, if not the best hands in the game. And it would just be, it would be, you would be very happy that you made the pick, you know, spending the seventh, sixth, seventh or eighth rounder on Odell if he could put together a healthy season. And if he can't, you know, oh, well. But the reality is that by the end of the year, you're probably not going to have your seventh or eighth pick on your roster anymore either. It's just kind of how it works. So if you're active, if you're active in your fantasy league. So that is my second stud for the month of June. I like that pick a lot, John. Like you said, I mean, if he is healthy, we we saw last year when he was, like, what he can do. And, like, I right. guess you can make that case for, like, anybody that has a big week. But, like, for Odell, it's like when he is playing well, it's like you don't see anybody else doing what he does. Yeah. Like, I was thinking from that, like, Cowboys game, like the big reverse touchdown that he had, just right. super explosive. But, yeah, I love that. He's just I think he's worth athlete. taking a risk on, yeah. You could call it a risk, but yeah, if he's averaging, you know, 15 sure. points through the first six games last year and nobody was really making any noise for that, I think he's a little bit slept on. Nate, why don't you share your last stud? Yep, so my last stud is uh, TJ Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. He's the tight end for the Detroit Lions. Um Piggybacking a little bit off what John said with Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, he's going as the next tight end in most of these drafts that I've seen that I've seen after Mark Andrews, and yeah, at five or six. So like, he's still like it's a little bit high for not necessarily being like a top tier tight end. He is in that tier two for sure, I would say, but as opposed to Mark Andrews, he was very consistent last year. Like, I don't think he had a game over 20 fantasy points, but he didn't have a game hardly below 10 fantasy points. Um, I don't know what his average was, but yeah, I, he, in 2020, he, he finished wow. at tight end five, scored over 10 fantasy points in 12 of the games that he played in. Average or He he. He scored 10 fantasy points in, in 12 uh, the 16 games he played. Averaged 11. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not a high ceiling, but a very high floor. Um, it just depends on how, how you value the tight end position. It is – I do think there's a lot of value at the tail end of the draft with tight ends. We've talked about a few people. I won't name them. It's kind of our, uh, our tr- trade secrets right now. But um, – yeah, I just think that he's he's very good value, especially with there being really no notable wide receivers in Detroit. Um, sure. I think it's just going to be Hawkinson and Swift next year. Yeah, the so I like TJ a lot this year, but it, it's just one of those things where it's like you're just you can either take TJ Hawkinson or you know somebody yeah. like after him, and then just kind of punt on the position and take a risk. Because yep. the I've been trying to look at it, TJ, from more of like a negative light instead of a positive because I've been very positive recently. And I just don't – I don't know if he moves the needle a ton, like on your overall fantasy team. You know, again, he's kind of going in a range, at least on sleeper, where it's like, yeah, it's kind of worth the risk. There's not a ton close mm-hmm. by him that I'm, like, excited about. But it's just – I don't know. Like you said, he only averaged 11, and yeah, he had a couple, you know, dud games. So it's it's hard because when you're at the position, you're like, oh, should I just take another running back and take punt on it? So I get what you're saying. So yeah, that is true. I feel like I guess with that 11 points per game average, it's kind of just like for like the sixth or seventh round, you're just kind of like picking a position that yeah. you need filled at that point even though it may not be great value. I think he's a great player. I think he is in a perfect position to repeat as a top five tight end. Um, I, I don't know. I like him, but I can, I can see the argument against. Oh, no. I, yeah. Um, so my last, uh, just to wrap it up really quick, I won't take too long, is Deontay Johnson. Right now going as the wide receiver. Where did he go? 
I love it when I do this. Wide receiver 20 in ESPN. And he finished last year as wide receiver 21. The reason I like him so much is I don't think he's going to be like a top five guy, but with the amount of targets he gets, Big Ben a year recovered again from his shoulder surgery. He just, he gets so many targets. He got 144 targets last year. And if he improves on that catch, catching ability, he would have even more fantasy points. So, you know, that's just kind of where I stand just because I think you're getting a great value at that position. Because I think there's a lot of guys around him that there's a little bit more question marks around. We all know how John feels about Tyler Lockett, you know, Kenny Galladay up in the air. Jamar Chase is a rookie. Corton Sutton is coming off an injury. So there's just a lot of question marks after him. So I feel like he's a pretty safe pick and he could really be like a solid option for your fantasy team. So, Definitely. yeah, that was basically all I had. Did you guys want to add anything else real quick? Not really. No? All right. Yeah, I don't. Not out of words to say. I think I'm pretty good with it. All right. Well, again, thank you guys so much for listening. You can follow us at the fantasy underscore chumps. We, I really enjoy doing this podcast. I like this subject a lot and I can't wait to bring it to you more closer to draft time and the start of the fantasy season. So thank you guys so much again. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. See ya. Thanks guys.